0: Hey everyone, it's me, Andrea, and in today's podcast episode, we're talking all about behind the scenes of an up-level that I know that so many of you are calling in, and that is true financial independence and freedom. But before we get started with everything that's been going on, I want to address a few things specifically as a white business owner. Now, the true overwhelm that I feel when I think of how we are coming together to stand with, and that's referring to my whiteness, And as our Black community and as an inclusive community has truly, without a doubt, been one of the most powerfully beautiful things that I have ever seen in my life. But I think it's really important to state that while these protests have been immensely powerful and undoubtedly a catalyst for change, systemic racism is insidious and will not be solved through a month of activism. I feel the need to out my whiteness here and I know that a lot of you guys who listen follow me on Instagram. You've seen the podcast artwork. You've you've been engaging with me for a while and I know that you're not surprised to hear that I'm white. Okay I just I need to I need to make it clear that everybody knows. That being said It's from an immense place of privilege, obviously, that I say that while I'm so, so proud and so honored to see that change seems to finally be happening, because as a white person, of course, I think that this is beautiful, that this is happening, and I can't even, I don't even experience an ounce of the immense amount of pain that the entire black community has had to go through. To even get to the point where people are willing to stand for change. Okay, I'm 100% completely aware of that. And it is absolutely heartbreaking. And with that, I want to say that while I'm so proud of the fact that change is finally happening, I'm deeply ashamed that it took this long it was not just me, but I am ready to own my place and staying silent and complicit because since systemic racism isn't a new concept, it's definitely not a new concept to me. And embarrassingly, I truly thought that I was doing enough. It is clear now that I wasn't. And while I can move forward, knowing that I am fully committed doing everything that I can to educate myself on how to dismantle white supremacy and to run an inclusive and empowering business that redistributes wealth in a powerful way, I will likely never be perfect at it. This doesn't mean that I will ever, ever stop trying my absolute best ever again. And my inaction in the past is inexcusable. I do not expect you to forgive me. Just know that I'm doing everything that I can to research, investigate, and be diligent about the ways that my business, my coaching practice can be more inclusive. And you'll be hearing more about my own personal commitment to change very, very soon. I am so lucky that I have a sister who is super woke, like she's studying human rights in school. I am so honored that I have had black friends who have felt led to give me suggestions which none of them were under any type of obligation to do so that is i will say that that is not something i asked for and have felt incredibly blessed by their labor um like i am now in the brainstorming stages of doing everything i can to recommit my business to redistributing wealth specifically to black people. Cause that's what my business has always been about. It's always been about redistributing wealth, um, away from toxic masculinity and into conscious and sensitive business owners. That's always what I've been all about. I can see now that I need to step it up and I will 100% be doing that. I want to encourage everyone listening, especially my white listeners to realize that, that we will not solve this with a few months of protests. Okay. If any part of you thinks that like, okay, yeah, this is just like a normal thing and then we'll all be done. If any, if any part of you thinks that I urge you to open your eyes, how would that even be possible? I'm encouraging all of you to educate yourselves on white supremacy in our role and how we can go about dismantling it. I understand your feeling of overwhelm. Your privilege likely means that you had no idea how insidious this truly was. And this has been an eye-opening experience for you, most likely. That being, ex- that being said, there are absolutely no exclusive exclusives. It's time to start, no matter how uncomfortable it is or how uncomfortable you feel, because specifically talking to my white listeners, it doesn't matter how uncomfortable you feel about this. It is time to stop this problem, and honestly, like this, this just needs to happen. I don't, I don't even know how else to say it. I would suggest starting with the book *Me and White Supremacy* by Layla F. Saad. I think that that's how to pronounce her name. I am doing my absolute best. That's where I've been starting, and it's. I want to say enlightening, but that has like um, like a positive connotation. Is there a word for devastatingly enlightening because like it is completely, it is completely heartbreaking to see all of this. And I feel so ashamed that my eyes were so close to it for such a long time. Like I'm from a largely white community, Northern Ontario. Like I had not had a conversation with a black person until high school, truthfully in my life, like I'm not from a diverse group, but that being said, one of my best friends is a person of color. Okay. Like it is absolutely devastating to me that I knew nothing about this and I, I genuinely thought I was doing enough because I wasn't being racist. It's not enough to not be racist or pass this point. We need to be actively dismantling white supremacy. Okay. This is not the end of my call to action in general but it is for this specific episode because I just am truly in such a place of learning and of absorbing and doing my absolute best. I will leave the intro with this. My coaching practice has always hinged and centered on, and centered itself on the redistribution of wealth for women and people of color and the LGBTQ community. That is why I'm so amped all the time about helping people make more money because I think that When the right people make more money, the world gets better. I'm going to be sharing a podcast episode soon about my commitment to people of color and empowering anyone who would like to engage with more inclusive ways to build their wealth, grow an exciting business, specifically through the way that I teach. I'm not coming to you as a multi-million dollar coach yet, and I don't have the resources of a multi-million dollar coach. I will be honest with you. But right now, I do commit to doing what I can, To try and disperse any of the benefits that my whiteness inherently brings to me. To people of color who wish to engage with that work. I want you to know that this is a podcast that supports the Black Lives Matter movement. I love you all so, so, so much. And all I can say is that I'm committed to doing better. Okay? I wanted to start this podcast episode with that. I love you so much. We will be getting an entire podcast episode all about this. As I learn about the best ways to be inclusive, I'm so grateful for my sister for helping me so much with this, for helping me brainstorm ways to be more inclusive. She has been so, so generous with her time. And if anyone wants to reach out to me on Instagram to give me suggestions, once again, I am not putting this labor on you. I am coming up with ideas myself. This is not your problem to solve. If you are a black person, if you're a person of color, you do not have to solve this problem for me. I am doing this research. That being said, I am actively listening. Okay. So now that that incredibly important message has been shared on this platform, I wanted to get into the content of this episode because I know that so many of you are manifesting this exact same things. This is the thing that so many of you This is the thing that so many of you are manifesting. I've now manifested true financial independence through maybe one of the most intense up levels of my life. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing a little bit about my own financial history is, what the past four months specifically have looked like for me in terms of the financials behind my conscious uncoupling, how my business has grown, and the true energetics behind An up level, especially an up level and rock rock bottom combination, and this is an energetic that I'm really, really familiar of. And specific, and specifically, I want to talk to you about really. I'm trying to think the right way to explain this. I want to really talk to you about what goes into an up level. I'm not going to be telling you exactly what I did. I'm not going to be sharing my exact business strategies with you, because. As a business expert, I'm going to let you know that there's not, there's no one size fits all strategy. There's just not. So I, like, I can't just sit there and say like, oh, I actually started investing $800 a month in Facebook ads and it paid off right away. That's not it. I'm going to share with you the energetics, the inner work that I had to do to be able to receive this much money. And I'm sharing this with you because I've helped clients through this and it always hinges on the inner work. So this is going to be a massively, hopefully a massively expansive podcast episode for you in the sense that I want this episode to show you that you can go from real, real bad to real, real good, real quick, like real, real quick, if you will. Okay. Because like four months ago, I was really going through it. And now I'm finally at a point where I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to be okay. And I want all of you guys to feel like you're going to be okay. I know that a lot of you don't. And... I know what that feels like and I don't want that for any of you. Okay. So let's start at the beginning. I fucking love working. I always have. I've always loved earning my own money. That's like a massive, just a massive part of who I am. I had my first job when I was 12. I worked 30 hours a week through high school and my extracurriculars like really took up a lot of my time while I was in high school plus work. Okay. I was a huge band nerd over here. My guys. And independence and freedom is literally the most important thing to me, both consciously and according to the pattern app, who's always making sure I'm not being a codependent queen, because even though that's my tendency due to a lot of trauma, it's really not good for my soul for me to be codependent. And that's something that I really had to heal to move past this. Okay. But independence and like financial freedom and freedom in general, which is really, really hard to... It's really hard to do whatever you want and follow your soul's purpose when you're worried about paying your rent. Like, how am I, How would I have the money to travel if I couldn't pay my rent? Not a thing, okay? So, like, I have just always loved making my own money. That's just a big part of who I am. So, I'm going to fast forward to me being 19. At the time, surprise, I was an evangelical Christian... I was dating a super sweet guy and he proposed to me. We were married a few months after I turned 20. We combined all of our finances because I thought that's just what married people did. And the marriage dissolved a year in as I realized I'd signed up for a life that I completely didn't want. The fact that so many of you guys are shocked that I was married when I was like 20 years old is a pretty good indicator that it was deeply out of alignment for me. It doesn't matter how great he was. It doesn't matter any of that. It was not the life for me. But the thing is, I was so deeply ashamed for leaving my marriage and for making the wrong choice for myself that I took literally nothing with me and I completely started over. I was in the middle of a severe mental health crisis and was rapidly cycling between mania and depression. I was a barely functioning alcoholic And I was working minimum wage in a bar where I would start drinking at two in the morning at two in the afternoon and then drink until two in the morning every single day. So, um, I want quick question. Do you guys think it's a good idea for um, a barely functioning alcoholic to be working full time in a bar? Mm, Probably not. The next six months of my life were incredibly financially traumatic. And while I was financially independent at the time, in the sense that I wasn't accepting help from anybody and help also just truly wasn't available to me at the time. I was also not financially healthy. I was consistently late on my rent. I was ter- like I was to the point where because my landlord was also my boss, which was ideal, not ideal. <laughs> um my landlord um owned a building across the street from the restaurant I worked at and I was terrified. Like I would see him all the time and every single day I was like He's going to tell me I need to get the fuck out. I was terrified. I was moments away from losing my minimum wage job because he was like, "Mm, are you drunk? It's three Um, every day. And I was like, oh, maybe this isn't the way. And I was desperately trying to get my graphic design business to be lucrative enough that I could pay for my life. I get a couple contracts here and there, but it wasn't really at a point where I was sustaining myself in any type of abundance. This was genuinely one of the hardest times of my life, okay? But six months into that life, I met Chris, the partner that I most recently had coupled from. He had a great job. He owned his own home and I moved in with him. I moved cities to move in with him, but I moved in with him. I got a waitressing job when we moved in together. I stopped drinking and I never moved forward with him with the idea that he would be financially supporting me. The plan was to continue to grow my design business as I waitressed and contributed to our lifestyle. Not that he really needed the help because he had a really good job, but because that was important to me. But a year in, they found my brain tumor and I woke up from that surgery permanently disabled and unable to work. Isn't that great? I'm like, I'm a little bit better now, but I've never really gotten back to 100%. After six months, I was able to go back to work on my business, but waitressing, waitressing was essentially completely unavailable to me moving forward from there, and I was completely financially dependent on Chris. I want to take a minute here to address the obvious privilege here that many people don't experience, but if it's okay with you, I'd also like to go a little bit deeper. Obviously, I'm immensely grateful to that entire situation, but it was also immensely disempowering for me. I felt incredibly disconnected to my truth, which was that I'm supposed to be providing for myself just based on who I am as a person. But now, and even while it was happening, I'm deeply aware that I was living out out a subconscious projection. As a child and a teenager, despite my drive and ambition, there were many places where I picked up the belief that the only way that a woman could provide for herself was through the means of her partner. This is something that I'd seen modeled to myself in many of the formative relationships in my life. And because I was so ambitious and so much, and I had so much career drive, I really thought that that wasn't a part of my subconscious. But that being said, when my life came to a complete stop after my brain tumor and I was solely reliant on someone else's career for income, it eventually came to the point where I had to admit myself that despite extenuating circumstances, At least some of it was work that I had to begin undoing. And that's where I'll actually begin my up-leveling story. Actually, but before I begin my up-leveling story, I want to say a really quick thing. Like, it is not inherently disempowering to earn money through your partner. I have nothing against um, stay-at-home moms. I have nothing against housewives. I have nothing against even sugar babies. Like, make your money how you want to make your money. That was just not the way that I wanted to make my money. I want you to make your bank however you want to make your bank, sweetie. And I have no time nor energy to judge you for that. I want you to live your best life however that looks, okay? So, now that that's, now that that's been established, now we can actually get to a point where I can actually talk to you about this up-level. Because, yeah, it it was intense. In the stillness that was forced on me after my brain tumor... I began growing and expanding in an almost violent way. Like not outwardly violently, but like it felt inwardly violent. I remember I couldn't do anything, but I felt like I was running a marathon every single day of my life. And it was truly exhausting and super, super overwhelming. I was hallucinating consistently. I was unable to walk, read, or focus enough to listen to podcasts and TV I couldn't listen to screens because my I couldn't look at screens because my eyes are too sensitive. I couldn't really eat because due to a paralyzed vocal cord, I couldn't swallow anything. And I also couldn't really speak. I was in an immense amount of pain. My emotions were all over the place and I essentially spent a month in extreme discomfort just lying in bed and I couldn't do anything about it. I'm not sharing this with you to scare you or to tell you that you need to go through a trial like this to be able to manifest or really rapidly uplevel your life. It's not true at all. I've seen countless clients manifest without a rock bottom like this. I'm simply sharing the story because as I'm sure you can imagine, I literally thought my life would never get better. I I like imagine this. 2 weeks before, I went to the hospital because I had a headache 10 days later, I woke up from brain surgery disabled. It had been a really big whirlwind. And at that point, I was deeply grieving the life I thought that I wanted. I was grieving the design business that I had to close. I literally thought my life would never improve or get better. It was all stripped away, even my health. And sometimes our path does involve a rock bottom. And it's the point with which we dig deep, we find our strength, and we become unavailable to anything that didn't serve us. And this stillness, as painful as it is, brought me a ton of clarity. Since I couldn't do anything, I just started listening. I started honoring my inner knowing. I started manifesting and experimenting because I really couldn't effort my way into anything. Like I couldn't I could maybe work for fifteen minutes at a time after like a few months. Like it I, I really just had to manifest to get anything that I wanted. And because that's the only way I could move forward, I was forced to see what works and what didn't because I was the only way I could get anything is by manifesting. So I would, I paid really close attention. I started a podcast, which I'm sadly, and kind of sad that I deleted, but it just isn't something that really is a reflection of where I'm at anymore because I've grown so much since then. And I slowly started to become who I am now. Now I'm not going to go into the details of my business strategy and my business projections And like my business specifics for a few reasons. First off, I straight up don't remember everything I tried. I was healing from a brain tumor. I'm also a manifesting generator in human design. A big part of my path is trying the shit out of everything and seeing what ends up resonating. Another reason is that it truly wouldn't really serve you. As an intuitive business mentor, I'm the biggest believer that there really is no one size fits all approach to running a business. I bring my coaching clients through a curriculum but I can do that because as a coach, I can customize that curriculum to exactly where they are. Instead, I'm going to talk about the energetics of up-leveling. So I'd say around eight months after my brain tumor, I started my business. And it didn't look anything the way that my business looked like now, but it really started, it really felt like giving birth. I had to very, very quickly become uncomfortable or become comfortable rather Being seen as my real and authentic self, I was giving people business advice and that really lit me up because I'd been an entrepreneur since I was 15. I was deeply reflective of my soul's purpose. It really started to bring in some abundance for me, which was so exciting. And in response, I had to learn to receive. I had to release a lot of self-sabotaging behaviors. I had to deal with a lot of anxiety because I had a lot of anxiety as to whether or not I was really good enough as to whether or not I was worthy of this type of abundance. And I want to talk about up-leveling is something that really brings a lot of energy with it. And it's kind of intense. I know that I feel re- a really, really heightened energy when I'm up-leveling. And for me, that that manifests as anxiety and imposter syndrome all the time. This is why, as a practical manifestation mentor, I feel so honored when people ask me to walk with them through their life as they up-level. Because it can be really, really intense and triggering to up level and to be able to walk with somebody through that and to be able to in- to be able to know what it's like to up level and to be invited into that by someone is so, so powerful. I almost feel like a doula. Like that's how I feel. So my business had been growing for a year and I noticed a pattern. When I took a step to walk more deeply in my truth, step into my power, double down on my self-worth, everything would elevate my income, my teachings, my coaching, my clients, everything. Except when the universe asks you to grow your self-worth like that, it's really triggering. It's never like, do you want to, do you want to, um, do you want to step into your self-worth? It is instead like, here's a super triggering situation and you need to be strong through it. That's normally how the universe asks you to double down on your self-worth. And it's terrifying. It was around this time, That I started to, and this is, here's one example rather of a time where I really, really had to do something super triggering that I didn't feel ready to do. It was around this time that I had started to get the knowing that no matter how much I cared about my partner, that we were not going to work together long term. And that was one of the most devastating realizations I'd ever come to. And that was, I'd been running my business for about a year at that point. So that was around six to eight months ago that I started to realize that this wasn't going to work. At this point, I'd say that I was about 60 to 70% financially independent. My income was doing well, but not quite so well that I took over everything quite yet. But now it was clear that our relationship was coming to completion. It was time for me to step out on my own. It was super, super scary. I had so many doubts. I was like... I was operating with the belief that women could not provide for themselves. And if they did, they would have to run themselves ragged. And as someone with a brain injury, I literally can't run myself ragged. Okay. It was super scary. It really required me to step into my power, to trust myself and the universe, and to do something I'd really never done before, all while navigating a breakup and moving a thousand kilometers away. And running my business because when my relationship ended, I got the knowing from the universe. Like, oh, you need to go be with your sister. Ashley lives in Ottawa. Okay. So on top of everything else, I was going to go drive and live 12, a 12 hour drive away. Okay. So first I'm going to talk timelines. Then I'm going to talk about how I really felt while I navigated this. So February, which is when the relationship came to an end was essentially a write-off for my business as I was grieving a relationship and moving from Sault Ste. Marie to Ottawa. I moved to an Airbnb for two months starting March 1st as I planned to explore the city because Ottawa is a really big city. Um, So I just w- I didn't want to commit to an apartment. I wanted to explore the city for a little bit and truthfully I couldn't even afford to move into an apartment. I couldn't afford first and last and I couldn't afford to furnish it. So like But I could stay in some Airbnbs for a few months while I built up my savings and started over and did all that good stuff, okay? So, but I'm not sure if we remember what happened in March. It seems like a long time ago. Two weeks into navigating my move to a brand new city, Ottawa shut down because of. um, I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Um, COVID-19 happened. And so the city that I just moved to was not comfortable driving on the highways and shut down. Honestly, this felt like a personal attack. And I know that that's a really dramatic way to talk about a pandemic, which is obviously devastating so many people, but like, wouldn't it feel kind of like a personal attack to you too? Cause like my business already wasn't doing well. I was already going through a breakup. I already didn't have a permanent place to live and now COVID's happening. Like, There was a solid few weeks where I literally thought that I would never catch a break, that my business would crumble, that I would have to go on social assistance. It was hard. And now I'm recording this on June 12th. Since then, I've hired a new coach. I've doubled my business month over month since March. Actually, I tripled it one of those months. I've manifested an apartment that's literally everything on my list, including a dishwasher, an in-unit washer-dryer, For a great price, I'm getting my little cat who's going to be named Pierogi. And I'm actually tentatively in an emotional space where my Virgo heart isn't actually constantly criticizing myself. And I'm actually kind of happy with where I'm at. Like there's even moments where if I'm really sneaky with my Virgo identity, I can say like, oh, I'm proud of myself. But then I start to have to be like be sneaky and hide in the corner because my inner critic like runs around and it's like, Who's there? Your room's messy. And I'm like, oh, don't worry. I know. I know. I'm garbage, inner clinic. I'm garbage, but I'm also kind of proud of myself. Um, so just a little peek into what it's like to be a Virgo. But if we flash back to March, at that point, I was living in constant financial fear. I had no idea how I'd ever be able to pay rent in an apartment. I hadn't signed on a client in at least two months, I was deeply grieving a relationship. I thought Chris was the love of my life. And he was one of the most amazing things that ever happened to me. And the fact that our journey was temporary, like, is still really sad for me to think about. I would have given anything for Chris and I to have been able to grow together, but we weren't able to. And that's okay, but it still makes me sad to think about it. I also had no cat, which I've always had a cat. I literally had a knot in my chest all the time and it was, it was really, really hard. Okay. And the journey of making this happen was mainly inner work. Okay. Like, cause like I really, it really happened for me and it was mainly just facing my shit. It was realizing that I had what it took and understanding that the voice in my head was telling me that the voice in my head that was telling me that I'd never make it was actually just trauma manifesting as limiting beliefs. It was also making time to sit with my triggers to face my trauma every day, which was really, really hard and really, really uncomfortable. It was taking massive action before I felt ready, which is like, imagine like every single day of my life felt like, okay, jump off this cliff and um, we're actually not sure if your parachute works. That's, that's what it felt. It was committing to a daily EFT practice to help me rapidly remove the subconscious energies that were repelling my manifestations. And if you have questions about this, we need to talk about my aligned expansion toolkit because by doing that daily EFT work, I decided I needed to make a toolkit that is the definitive guide to using manifestation that works in your business. Like, I mean, that works every time in your business. Okay. It's full of EFT videos to really help you call in your manifestations, to really help you unlock on a cellular level, help you raise your vibration really rapidly to be an energetic match for what you're calling in. And this toolkit is also full of real life strategic support. And you get a 60 minute long call with me to help you move forward quick. You can actually get started with this for, I think, $60 a month. And if you're looking for a more accessible way to learn what I teach, this is it. I made this for you. You can learn more about it at www.andreao.co slash toolkit if it resonates with you, but that's not what this episode is about. Okay. Ultimately, and I know that I'm not the only one who feels this way, 2020 was the most intense year of my life. It has been the year that I've truly been called to be the person that I was always meant to be, which has meant standing in my worth, refusing to settle, taking massive action healing wounds that I would have rather left untouched and ignored forever, honestly, and ultimately doing a bunch of super uncomfortable shit so that I can live my purpose of redistributing wealth from toxic, white, patriarchal masculinity to conscious healers like us. Do I wish that I received the information that I'm teaching, (laughs) that I meant to teach in a way that was a little bit gentler? Yeah, I really do because it's freaking exhausting to up level like this over and over and over again. Because as much as it seems like an up level is you just getting everything you want, like, why would you need a coach to up level? It's just a process of getting everything you want. No, you have to show up for everything you want. And that's a very different thing. So I've now had to show up from rock bottom to a huge jump in self-worth, which was really, really intense. And that's why I coach people through this because it's really, really intense. Would I have it any other way? Not at all. I know that for me to be the best mentor that I can be, I have to live the super triggering experience and not just learn about it. That's why my clients get really good results. Like actually, and I'm not trying to flex. Like one of my clients messaged me today. We've been working together for a week. She manifested three clients in our first week and working together like it, like it. Yeah, it works. Like I'm not trying to flex. Okay. It it just works. Okay. So now here I am recording this episode and I'm in a space of complete financial independence, which I literally thought would never happen for me. It was really, really triggering. There were a lot of times where I didn't think I was going to be able to make it, but like here I am, you guys. If you're at a point where you think you might not ever get better or that things might not ever get better, or you're doing your absolute best to not give into thoughts like that, but like high key, you're struggling a little bit, like I get it, but you you know, you know who you are. Just know that you can do this and trust me. Okay. My entire career is built on getting people to believe in themselves and to manifest their dreams. And I didn't even know that I could do it at the time. Okay. I was losing faith faith in myself and this is my entire job. That's why it's so hard to up level on your own. I get it. It's hard. But I believe in you and you can do this. Literally, like I'm not I'm not that special. Okay? If I figure this out, anyone can do this. Okay? I promise. Now it feels a little bit weird to add me add this in because this is a huge just update episode, but I love ending these podcasts with a little what's new with me this week. And this is what I'm going to do. Obviously, based on the beginning of this episode, I'm starting this week by diving into a ton of content to educate me on being an anti-racist. Obviously. Okay? That's where we should all be starting this week. On top of that, I manifested my new apartment that was everything on my list, including a new bathtub, a washer dryer, a dishwasher, a big bedroom, inclusive Wi-Fi. Like, all, all the things for my budget. Okay. Like it was, it's yeah. Like, I don't know how I got some flower essences, one for heart healing and one for positivity. Like you, so the way that I work with flower essences is I go through one entire bottle to really get like a, a solid, like cycle of healing there. And then I work with the other one. I'll let you know how those go. I love taking these. I've taken them before and I always find them really, really supportive of my energy And I'm going to go off and buy a really bougie candle after I'm done recording this episode as a little treat myself for my housewarming because I'm so, so excited and grateful for this massive up level and I really want to reward myself for it. So I love you so much. You are all so special. Thank you so much for listening to my episode. I really, really hope that this all landed for you. I hope that we are all able to make the commitment To dismantling white supremacy together. That's something I would love to see this community really stand towards. I love you guys so, so much. And from the bottom of my heart, I'm so proud of you. You're crushing it. You can do this if I can grow this way. I'm not talking... This episode isn't me trying to brag. This episode is me saying, if I can go from hot mess to best dressed. (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Where's... Where's where's the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen movie from 2003 called From Hot Mess to Best Dressed? That's what I want to see, okay? But if I can go from hot mess to best dressed, so can you, my baby girls. So, I love you so much. Have a super amazing rest of your day. And you're the best. I'm obsessed with you, but you know this already. Okay. Bye-bye, my loves. Bye-bye.